Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Red X Podcast. My name is Tyler, and uh, today's going to be pretty cool. We've got some cool stuff to talk about. Uh, let me introduce our guest for today's show, Neil Spencer. Neil, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So, uh, Neil, you and I know each other, obviously. Uh, for, yep. for those of you who don't know who Neil is, Neil is Vice President of Product here at Red X. And so we're going to talk about some cool stuff today. And Neil was best suited for the job. Uh, and so we're, uh, we're excited to have you, Neil. This is going to be fun. Uh, one of the things that I think before we get to what we really want to talk about, uh, you as VP of Product, help people understand what you do here at Red X. Like what is your role and, and, and how do you help Red X progress? Yeah, so when we're building products out, different products and um, when we're building out products what we're, we're really looking to do is find out how we can add value to our customers and try to do that in the way that's best possible so understanding what are the right products to build out of the current products that we have how can we make those products better what are new features that we're trying to trying to uh, release or trying to get out to our customers and ultimately our goal is to help you guys do your jobs better within the software, which really comes down to getting more, more listings. Awesome. Thank you. So, um, so I want how to, how do how do we build products at Red X? Let's just, maybe that might be a really simple question and I'm going to let you go as detailed as you want, but Ultimately, because a lot of times, you know, uh, my, my, my sales team here, we talk to customers and prospects. Um, and sometimes there's questions about, oh, well, do you have this product? Do you have that product? Um, and, and sometimes we even get questions that, that or con we have conversations where people go, well, that seems really simple. Why don't you guys just build that? And, uh, and so help us understand how, how an idea turns into an actual product that we release out to our customers. Just take us from start to finish it and give us the main bullet points there of, or the main milestones uh, of how we build a product at Red X. For sure. So I like to start off really high level and then try to get down into the specific stages. Okay. So if we just talk about those first, those stages first, and then we can get in, get into more details as you have questions. Um, but I want to start off with analogy. A lot of people think of building software as a super complex thing that they just have no understanding and things go over their head and they just think that people should just be able to do it really easily. Um, there's, there's truth to that. Um, the other part though is, is sometimes people again say, well, that's just a simple little button on there. Like why isn't it, why is it difficult to build something like that? And that's because there's a lot more that happens on the back end that typically gets skipped over. So people try to make an analogy around building a home because most people understand what it takes to build a house. It's a big project. There are lots of different people involved um, and there are, very, there are different stages that take place. Um, but uh, when I think of software, especially a software that already exists, 
it's it's less like building a new home and it's more like doing a custom build or a custom remodel while you have thousands of people living in the home. And that's what adds a lot of complication to what we're trying to do because we can't disrupt what is currently taking place. So um, as you look at the, the stages that you have in, in developing a product, first it starts with ideation. You get ideas and some most of the time those come in form of solutions, but um, really it's problems that we're trying to solve. So even when solutions come in, we have to peel back and try to understand what's the problem that we're trying to get at. Um, and we talk about some specifics through different products that we've recently released of how we've done that. But once we get an understanding for the product, for the problem, um, then we can start to build requirements around that, start to scope out what all the, all the things that this product should do, who are the people that are going to be affected by this product feature. Um, and then, and then we start doing some designs and that's when we start to visualize what the product is going to look like. Um, what's the experience for the user going to be like? And then we try to do testing. We really try to do testing at any stage, um, that we're building the product, but we want to get, um, some, some users to get on it and, and poke some holes in the designs and make sure that it's intuitive or easy for them to use. Um, at that point we start going into development and this is when we start architecting it out, um, understanding how the database works how data is gonna flow back and forth, and then how it's going to appear to the user. And those are really three main parts of development. We can talk more about those um, if you have. Data is stored on the, and, and those are mostly in databases or tables. And then there's the front end part, which is how the, what the user sees and what they click on the, the buttons and how the data comes and shows up. And then there's all this logic in between that moves data back and forth and helps data get stored and makes it easy to show up, tries to make it fast for, for users to be able to see it. Um, and so those are really the three main parts of development. <clears throat> so when so when somebody, let me just jump in here. So when somebody says, well, hey, it's it, you, you, you put this button right here in Vortex, right? There's far more than just placing, dropping and dragging a button there, right? So you're, you're talking about front end and back end and then all the, the communication between the two and making sure that that logic and communication doesn't step on the toes of some other logic and communication. Yes, exactly. It's similar to like when you go back to the house, it's like you walk in and you see a plug-in or you see someone that can flush a toilet, but, um, and you know that it had some, but you don't see any of the plumbing or the electrical and how it works with different circuit breakers and making sure that if you flip one switch that something else doesn't catch on fire. Um, if you, use some plumbing some way that it doesn't back up in like if you flush your toilet doesn't back up in your um, in your shower or something like that uh, those are all things that happen within within a home and it's significantly more complicated to do that but yeah that's a, a similar type of thing it seems seems simple to show up um, then you have to get into testing and testing is a whole nother piece where um, we're, we're testing not just functionality but we're also testing the design and making sure that any previous functionality um, hasn't been affected. And then you have all your relief, how you get people on it, how you're uh, making sure that it gets part of the signup process. And there's a number of steps on how you get it actually released and get people to, to purchase and to use and to adopt whatever you, whatever you're building. So, so I think it's, I think it's safe to say that building a product is complicated. <laughs> 
Is that, yeah. I mean, well, is that fair? I mean, from, from somebody who's not VP of product, product at Red X, like I look at that even as, as an employee here at Red X, right? And I've been here a long time. I still look at that and I go, there's a lot of moving parts in order to get maybe even just a little button added somewhere, which is, which is wild. So let me ask this question. Um, let's take a product like, um, like GeoLeads, for example. What's the time frame to build a product like GeoLeads? Well, uh, this is always the thing that people want to know, right? And it it always comes down to it depends on what exactly you want it to do. So for people that aren't familiar with GeoLeads, I'll set the scope a little bit and that'll help answer the question. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so our GeoLeads product, what we're doing is we have a map view that opens in inside of Vortex. You type in an address, it drops a pin on that address, and then you can pick the properties around it that you wanna, you wanna search for. And you're pulling the contact information from the homeowners that live around that address that you typed in. We also have a number of filters that are around that. So you can, you don't pull everybody, you can search for a specific set of customers around that home. Um, and then once you, once you search those addresses, we're pulling credits from you that you have and we're going and bringing those those addresses into the system, uh, into Vortex. We're going out and finding all the data that we can that's associated with that property and, and attaching that. And then we're displaying it up in a new folder for the user. Um, so something like this could be, this is more of probably month-ish type project when you look at, hey, we have an idea around something that we want to that we want to launch, and um, we want to go through and test it along the way. We want to make sure that we're accounting for different problems that that users want to solve. Because sometimes someone will say, hey, I got this idea, but then we know that there are a few other problems that we can help solve along the way, and we think, how do we fit these things together so that we can accomplish more than that? Data Insights is actually an example of that, so we can talk more about that. Um, later, but um, we're trying to match different pieces together so that we can help as many customers as we can. And uh, so, yeah, something like that comes in and uh, or a problem or a suggestion comes in like that. And, and we go through that whole process and try to build it out. And, um, and also that depends on dedication around the team. So as things come up, um, you know, we can't just put everything on cruise control. We have to continue to support the customers that we have and help them. And then there's a number of data teams that are another a number of teams that are involved. So you have the data team, which acquires data and make sure that's gets served up. You have, uh, make sure that the product is supported correctly. Um, make sure that, um, all the teams understand what, how the product should work and that everyone else has input around it. Um, so yeah, there, there's a number of, number of things there that, uh, Hopefully that answers the question on how long. <laughs> it, it sounds like with the with the many people that are working on it, it's not a short process, no, right? It's not it's not all. something that it's not something that you create quickly and and get out to market. There's a lot that goes into it before it's even a functioning product, let alone a, a, a helpful product, right? Um, which is which is wild. So let's 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 talk about what we want to talk about. Let's talk about the data insight tools. Tell us what these are because these are brand new. Uh, we just released, uh, we released the first one within the last few weeks. And, uh, and then, and then the three that came after that were just released right around cyber Monday. So these are brand new products that we've released to Red X customers. 
tell us what they are and then let's talk a little bit more about them. Yeah, so data insights uh, add-ons, we have four different packages that you can add on to your product. And what we do is we go out and find data and we attach it to any of the data that's available for a property, we attach it to the property and we display it for you inside of Vortex, inside the detail view. And um, uh, there's really a number of problems that we tried to solve. We also had some opportunities that come up as we tried to understand what, what data is, what, what data capabilities do we have? But really this is what I, what I mentioned before about finding a number of problems that we hear about and we try to think what's a great way that we can help solve this, those problems for our customers. So there are three different problems that weren't, that sometimes get talked about at the same time, but not always, but we have these three, three main problems. There's probably more than that. Um, but I'll, but right now I'll talk about these three specific problems. And, um, what that is, is, um, when someone, when someone is trying to, um, to prospect, they want to better defined or find their audience. So if I have this huge group of people, what's a better way for me to define who I need to talk to? So um, that's one of the problems that we see. Another problem is when I'm on the phone with somebody, how do I um, sound like an expert? I, I, I wanna stand out, separate myself from all the other real estate agents. And, and we know that, that um, pretty much everybody, um, everyone knows a real estate agent. Uh, most of the, uh, most of the time they're, they're more of a part-time agent. There aren't as many professional agents that do this full-time that are dedicated to their craft that really are experts. Um, but that's hard to do over the phone when you're having an initial conversation, you can share your, your history. That's one way to do it, share your track record, but it's here and now they care about what is it that I, what, what is it that you can do for me? Not what have you done for other people? What can you do for me? So that's one of the problems that we, that we see. The other part is around tailoring your message. So don't just give the same sales pitch to every person. Um, scripts are great and they help, but um, as the experienced prospectors know, uh, once, once you have that down, there are ways that you can offer um, changes or nuances within your script that help you stand out from everybody else. So those are really the three big problems that we try to solve with data insights. And, and we feel that having this information readily available for agents as they're prospecting is gonna help solve those three problems. So let me recap that, right? You said there's these three problems that agents face and, and our goal was to set out to try to try to solve these and more, but these were kind of the main ones. Um, number one, you said we wanna help people define their audience, uh, which, which you know, I, I think about Utah County, which is where we're based, right? Where Red X is based um, in Orem, Utah. And, you, you know, we've got, uh, we've got well over half a million people that live right here in the county within a 20 minute drive of our offices. And if I'm a prospecting real estate agent, how, how, how do I know who I want to talk to and how do I define the people that I want to talk to? Do I want to talk to single family residences or multi, multi-unit dwellings? Do I want to talk to people who own homes, you know, under 350,000 or over 750,000, right? So you're talking about answering, how do we define the audience, right? How, who, who, who do we talk to? And then yeah, and on, if, I, if I jump in, sorry, yeah. there's, a, there's a couple of key ways that we can do this. Um, and so filtering now has become more powerful, but imagine that you are subscribing to our pre-foreclosure product. And now you can filter down to who is in pre-foreclosure and also has a certain amount of equity in their home. Like this becomes extremely valuable to you. 
Imagine now your list that you've gone through, you, you, you don't have to make the calls manually. We help to do some of that work for you. Or same thing within GeoLeads. You're searching around an area. Now you can better define as you're, as you're farming or, or uh, process, uh, farming an area um, and you're calling these people, you, you can make less phone calls because you can better tailor your, off, your audience. So sorry to jump in there. No, but. no, no, thank you. So number two, you said be the expert, right? Which, which we, we work with real estate agents on a regular basis. And there's a huge portion of an agent's time that goes into knowing the market, understanding what's happening in the market, knowing what market trends and averages and, and, and peaks and valleys and all those things are because, because they do want to be the expert, right? And, and these insights will provide uh, a much simpler way for for agents to do that i know agents who you know they've got spreadsheets upon spreadsheets upon spreadsheets to try to extrapolate the information that now data insights just gives to a lot of people some of the information and then third you said it was about customizing the message right it was about it was about crafting a conversation that you want to have with somebody and like you said knowing that somebody was in pre-foreclosure but also has a certain amount of equity not only defines the audience, but also allows you to craft the conversation. You go into it knowing what the situation is because these data insights have given you that information. So let's let's talk. There's these four data insights. Let's tell me what all four of these insights are. Yes, the financial insights, which okay. offers financial information about the home or homeowner. We have home and building information, which offers greater detail into what the home has. I mean, listing information has a lot of info there but this goes into greater depth. Um, and then you have lifestyle, which talks about interests from the homeowner or certain behaviors, uh, behavioral preferences that they have. And the fourth is a market insights, which offers information uh, for that specific property. We base it around the zip code of a property. So those reports are customized at a zip code level. And um, it helps you understand average price, days on market, um, which a lot of agents, well, good agents are going to know those in, that information generally or for their MLS off the top of their head. Imagine you, you're talking to someone, you're saying for your specific neighborhood that you're in, or I know what it takes to sell homes in this, in, in your, your area, because in your zip code right now, the homes are selling for this. You can also see trend lines around any of those, um, those metrics. And then you see specific segments around the property as well. And, and these are not all or nothing, right? Somebody who's using Red X, they could buy the financial insights or they could buy the market insights or they could buy the lifestyle insights or they could they could purchase, you know, two, three or all four of them, correct? Exactly. Yep. And, 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 and so let's let's dive in here a little bit because something like the financial insights, I mean, opens up a whole <laughs> a, amount of information because there's things like, estimated estimated equity in the home which you'd mentioned there's things like estimated net worth um, there's there's financial information and and when you're talking about defining the audience customizing the message man to be able to pull in geo leads and then filter within a certain neighborhood for 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 homes that have an income over a certain level um, does does an enormous amount for for defining your audience right? For sure, uh, and and that's really what it's all about, right? It's about giving insight into who the homeowner is, what situation they're currently in, um, and and thus allow you to craft the conversation and list more homes more effectively. Is that a simple way of saying it? For sure, absolutely. 
And and the other part of this too is um, what, when you talk to seasoned prospectors, experienced prospectors, they they get this. They can they can cater their script. They can tailor their script to people over the phone because they're they're great at it. Some people are at the point where they're like, I can't quite handle that. Um, I'm just trying to get my script down and make sure and gain my confidence in it. That's that's totally fine too because then these come in handy when you're going and making the presentation because you have all that information right away um, and it's it's more easily accessible. Yeah, something, I, I totally agree. Something like the home and building insights, right? Which gives more information into the into the structure of the home, right? I mean, you can see things like, um, like quality of construction. You can see construction materials. I mean, there's all kinds of information there that that is um, is is incredible for helping you to craft that conversation and uh, and and define your audience and get in touch with more people, which is phenomenal. Yeah, especially when you're trying to do like a CMA or something on a home. Let's say you're prepping for a listing appointment, or you're even talking to somebody over the phone, and you you can look through the insights, and you don't have to ask them like. Well, how many fireplaces do you guys have? And you can know know certain things like that and say, well, I mean, according to my research, I'm seeing that you're having these certain things that are valued to your home. Therefore, your home should be listed for higher than this. Or you're trying to list your home at this point. And part of the reason that your home is overpriced is because, you know, in your neighborhood, in, in your area, there typically have, you know, these amenities. And even though your square footage might be your building, your building quality might be a little bit lower or, or something like that, which you can have now have some information to say, you know, you just didn't quite price the home correctly, even though you might've looked and said, you know, square footage is about the same acreage is about the same. Therefore price should be the same. Now you have more ammo to either to price it correctly or and vice versa to try to get more for the home. You can use that information to help justify getting a higher list price and say, this is why you, you know, this is why you hire an agent. Like, let's say you go to a FISBO, you know, like these are things that I take into account so I know how to price your home. This is why you should price your home and why I'm going to help you net the most money when you sell is because I have information like this. So um, we've got a question from Tom Folliard. Tom, who, who is a regular listener on the podcast, um, he asked a question and I'm going to get to this question, Tom, and we'll address this. But before we do that, Neil, I want you to show us the the data insights because um, if I'm not mistaken, you've got something prepared that you can pull up and we can just take a look and see what this information looks like. Because I'm curious to know, and and I'm sure that everybody else is, well, what else, what other type of data is there that's gonna help me to define my audience and help me to be the expert and customize my message? Yeah, for sure. So I'll pull up an example here. Um, One of our, this is a lead that we have in our system. The data has been anonymized, except for we have the listing um, information here that shows up. But when you click on the data insights, you're able to see here is the information around a financial package. Can, can, you, can you even, uh, well, maybe you can't zoom in there, but um, read some of those, read read what some of those data fields are, because this is fantastic um, information. Yeah. So around this lead, we're able to find household income estimated mortgage debt, estimated equity, a wealth score, if they have interest in investing or not, and that is, are they owning multiple properties, um, an estimated age, marital status, length of residence, and an education level to help you understand, you know, th- this is perfect on helping to understand how you talk to somebody. Around home and building, there's significantly more fields, and it's going to depend on the on the information, but you see, um, 
information, the uh, bedroom, bathroom, square footage, lot size, year built, some typical information that we have. But now you start to get into structural description, um, square footage, which which is a differentiator, right? It tells you about how big the basement is, um, whether the garage has a carport. You have heating information. Um, you have, uh, let's see, a roof type description, tax amount, number of bedrooms. You have um, uh, even a description around the garage type. So those are greater detail around the home and building. And now we go into life, into lifestyle or interests. And for this particular person, we're understanding that they're a book reader, a tech enthusiast. They have interest in performing arts, um, home and gardening, traveling. Uh, they have uh, interest in, in uh, fitness and um they don't have any uh, specific information about sports, but sometimes they'll they'll um, let you know if they have sports. But this one, they can tell um, also that they have a boat. There's interest in boating. Um, so you have a lot of information about either how you can connect personally with the person or um, even just things just in general about what they like to do to help you understand them, them before you even start a conversation or while you're having the conversation. It's, it's, it's awesome, right? If you look at it, it, we, we hear, we hear the adage, people work with who they know, like, and trust, right? That's a, that's a very common saying in, in any sales role. And, uh, what, what better way to get people to know, like, and trust you than building common ground, right? Looking in there and going, oh, this guy's also a golfer. I, I like to play golf and we can, we can talk to that or knowing that they have a boat, for example. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's phenomenal information to allow you to establish common ground and, uh, and, and, and build relationships faster with these people. It's phenomenal. Show us yeah. the market insights. Cause that's the one that has some cool stuff. Like you were saying, zip code to zip code and allows you to, uh, to look at that, that information there. Yeah, exactly. So first you'll notice that you can, you can go between condos and homes up here which is really helpful because that can really skew uh, your reports that you have. But you'll see this real-time profile for within your market. And this is, like I said, it's based on zip code. It's updated on, on actuals every week. Um, so you have that information. Um, and you can see median list price square, uh, uh, per square foot, price per square foot. You see days on market, the price, how many times prices are decreased, how many times they're increased, um, relisted, how many times prop or how often properties are relisted in the area, uh, days on inventory, stuff about rent, expense, uh, most expensive, least expensive, and then uh, this market action as well. And then you have some cool charts. So this shows, um, yeah, we have a seller's market. I, you don't, in most markets, you probably don't need a, a chart to tell you that, but it gives you evidence to tell you about where it's at and, and also trends on what direction this is, this is going. Um, you see trends on, on list price and, you know, you can find stuff like, Hey, in this area, you know, list prices are going up by quite a bit here in the winter. And, uh, you can start to, as you're talking with someone, you're saying, Hey, you know, list prices are going up. In fact, in the last three months, three or four months, you've seen list prices go up, you know, uh, in this case, um, you know, over almost a million dollars, you know, a quarter, uh, three quarters of a million dollars or something like that. Um, and then you have some information about market segments as well that are down here, but some of these information, like you can, and, uh, sorry, I should have gone to these trends, but you can pick any of these trends uh, from those metrics listed above and see trends on them. So you can see like, 
well, what's happening with price per square foot? Like maybe they're just bigger homes that are getting listed, but we can see that's not the case. And you can start to break this down as a person's asking you questions um, and, and you're having that conversation. You have this information readily available. It's, it's amazing how much information is right there. I mean, you're, you're looking at, at, at 90, 90 day rolling averages of all of these different fields. I mean, that's a phenomenal amount of market information specific to the zip code that this particular property is. And that changed based on, based on every zip code, correct? Correct. Yep. It, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's so cool to see the additional info that's available uh, to, to give you insight. I mean, that's why they're named the way they are, right? Is to give you insight into the homeowner, into the situation, into the likelihood that they're going to sell, and then into the specifics of the market uh, that, uh, that, that can provide a, a tremendous amount of information, which is so, so cool. I want to address, and, and uh, Neil, we can actually uh, determine between the two of us who's best to answer this question that Tom has asked. Um, what, what he says, he says, is Red X working on any enhancements to increase the accuracy of the phone numbers that they're providing? Um, so uh, do you want to answer that or do you want me to answer that? Because I think we could both speak to that. Um, I'm always like hearing your answers first, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, let me let me speak to that a little bit. And if you can um, fill in any gaps that I missed, then we can speak to that. Tom, that's a fantastic question. And it's one that we get on a regular basis. And um, as long as I've been here at Red X since since 2008, uh, it's a question that that we get on a very regular basis. And the truth is, Red X is continually working on enhancements. And 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 uh, and there's two parts to that. There's there's um, there's an aspect of trying to find more phone numbers that are accurate. There's also an element of trying to, to remove phone numbers that we know are not accurate. Um, and so there's, there's, there's those two kind of moving parts and uh, those two moving parts play into the perception of, of the quality of the data, right? Uh, and, uh, and Red X is continually working on those. Since 2011, on a regular basis, we've brought in teams of people to call the phone numbers that we're providing to our customers. And, uh, and we so we're testing that data on a regular basis, not only our data, but uh, that of our competitors. We're testing that of, of uh, possible partners in the industry that, uh, uh, that we could be working with. And the whole goal is to do, is to improve on those two things, is provide better phone numbers and less wrong phone numbers so that we can do that for you. So we actually have teams at Red X dedicated specifically to enhancing data. And um, somebody who's been with us for a long time over the years will have seen the improvement in the data over the years. And I think what a lot of people wanna see is they wanna see a large jump in the improvement of the data. And, and a large jump like that to go from, you know, one in five phone numbers that's correct to three in five phone numbers or something like that. A big jump like that is just not terribly likely because what we're doing is, is in addition to working with multiple partners and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and acquiring data from different sources, we're, we also have algorithms that we're running this data through that we're, that we're analyzing and we make small tweaks and we analyze and we make small tweaks. And so our, our, the, the way that you'll see improvements in the data is in small incremental or, or um, iterative improvements that you'll, that, that you'll see in the data. And so it's those 1% changes that you see over time that begin to improve that data. Now, there have been times where we've made big jumps where we've, where we've seen uh, areas that we can make big, big improvements after doing these data studies and learning information. 
but those types of big jumps are, are few and far between. But yes, I mean, the short answer to that, Tom, is absolutely. That is a continual aspect of what it is that we do. Because um, aside from all of the neat things like data insights and geoleads and the dialer and all of those cool things that, that are tools that help you to prospect more efficiently, if you can't talk to people, there, there's 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 almost no purpose in using a solution like Red X or, or anything else like it. If you don't talk to people, uh, it's uh, it's it tends to not be a, a wise investment. And so, uh, yes, we are continually looking to enhance the data and continually making those small incremental changes. Neil, did I did I miss anything? Yeah, I, I think that was great. Uh, the few things that I'd add and. I, I like to pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Hopefully, I, that this is this is fine. But Tom, I'll tell you, give you a little bit of insight. Um, we are we invest in this, like Tyler said, all the time, and we're we're participating in a data in data study right now, um, and we're this on not just what's the better data that we can acquire to help you to increase the quality of the phone numbers that are in there, but also what are things that we can do in our system so that we can give you a better experience around around phone number quality. And we're investing in both of those areas right now. Awesome. Thank you. A good example of that is is like the dialer, for example. I mean if you're if you're using if you're using the dialer and um, it, it doesn't mean that there's less or or more wrong or 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 correct phone numbers, right? But as you move through those phone numbers faster, the time in between positive conversations shortens. And so in addition to, uh, like you said, in addition to the data side of it, there's also the product side of it is, is how do we simply improve the experience and shorten the time in between those conversations? So that was, that was, that was yeah. uh, some good insight. Um, really, really oh, sorry, Tyler, jump in there one more no, time. But really what Tom, I'm guessing Tom is getting at, which is what I hear when most of them, a lot of my conversations is, is my contacts per hour is what the number that I'm trying to drive towards. And so the problem that's being, or the, the solution that's being proposed is, Hey, I, I better phone number quality or better phone numbers or something like that. But really what you're trying to get at is I want more conversations or contacts per hour. So there's a few different ways on how to, how to increase that number. Um, and one of those obviously is that solution, but there are a number of other solutions out there for that. And, um, if that's really what you're getting at, um, and Tom, maybe we can talk after this or something like that, but I'd love to get inside a little bit more of your mind and what you're thinking. Um, but those are, those are just a few other thoughts that, that came to mind, Tyler. Spoken like a true product guy, Neil, is, is any opportunity that, that, uh, as long as I've known you, any opportunity to, to get inside the mind of a customer and ask <laughs> questions, you're, you're, you're all about it, right? Because that's, that's what you do is, is, is you want to know well what's the real problem and and uh, and and let's figure out and identify the problem and then come up with uh, with effective solutions for that which is exactly what a product a VP of products should be doing is yeah Tyler running the team that does that so I think we need to tell them about the story of when you kicked me off the sales team <laughs> um. all right you you tell that story and I'll and I'll t I'll fill in the gaps on this one <laughs> so. Um, so we had we had Cyber Monday. It was a few years ago, and uh, Cyber Monday is days. We have lots of people calling in trying to get signed up on the on the deal. And I was like, you know, I'll jump in and I'll help. I understand enough about this, and I I thought that I was, you know, my ego might have gotten in the way a little bit, and I was like, I can do this. And uh, 
get signed up and get their services on the deal and our queue is 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 backed up so i'm trying to help get through that but every time i got a, I, I talked with a customer I, I couldn't help but ask about their experience and what it was that they were doing and what it was that we could do better and eventually tyler's like you know you can't keep you can't keep doing this like we we have people that we need to keep waiting so um I, it's part of what i love about the job and one of the things that drives me uh, sometimes most of the time it's good but sometimes it's i just can't help it well you know what that's that's what makes you great at what you do and and uh uh yeah that's what makes you great at what you do i don't have any gaps to fill in <laughs> that's really what it was it's, is I you you were trying to help me by being an additional sales guy on a busy day, and you just kept defaulting to product mode. Is <laughs> somebody would say, "Well, what about Fizbos?" And you'd say, "Well, why do you want Fizbos? Tell me more about why you why you'd want to use a, a product like Fizbos. How would you prospect to those? Oh, tell me more about that." And so it was it was a very product driven conversation, which was funny. I'm glad I'm glad you shared that. Uh, we've we've got uh, we've got a couple of additional questions. Um, uh, Tom did say thank you. He said I'm I'm encouraged. It's encouraging to know that the phone number accuracy is an ongoing concern, and it truly is. Um, uh, we've got a question about Canada from Eddie. Eddie says I'm new and located in Canada. Do you support the Canadian market? Yes, we do. Uh, we we don't have all of our product suite that's available in Canada, but we do have several products available there. Um, Eddie, I would I would reach out to a member of our sales staff, and they can tell you more about which products are available, and uh, and and help figure out which one makes the most sense for you. Um, a, um, Amanda has a question here. She says, this is a good one for a product guy, actually. Amanda, thank you for joining us again. She says, just wondering, I was making calls this morning and kept getting kicked off the dialer. Do you happen to know what might've caused this and his, and as it hasn't happened before. So as a product guy, you'd ask all kinds of questions, right? As well, tell me, tell me more. Amanda, it could, there's, there's a number of things. I'm not aware of anything that, uh, that had, uh, had, had come up on a customer wide level, but, um, the best thing to do in a situation like that, our support staff is phenomenal uh, and so good at diagnosing what the issue is. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know what, your internet could be going real slow one day and that's and that's causing problems. And so um, I, I'd recommend reaching out to our support team because they're fantastic at diagnosing the, the times where something like that is a problem. Um, Neil, here's, here's a question that um, I, I, I know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I'm going to ask this on behalf of our customers because I do get this question a lot. What else is Red X working on? What are some of the things that you can share with us, if any, that uh, that that Red X has that that may be coming? Yeah. So one of the things that um, that you'll see coming out relatively soon is um, that that we're working working through trying to finish and trying to get through testing is that we need to have an updated experience within within vortex so as we try to build one of the uh, this goes back to our earlier conversation about as building their decisions that are made which is sometimes we build something to try to get it out get value to our customers faster knowing that it isn't quite the ideal experience but you can engineer something to death and, and never get it out and ultimately what the work that i do it doesn't matter until not just I give it to customers, but until customers use it. If customers don't use it, it's it's as if it doesn't exist. And that's the that's the mentality that I take. So 
I have to, we have to get something out that customers will actually use and that they'll find value in. They have to get that value. Um, and so one of the experiences with our layout, um, just, just within how, how the leads look when customers are prospecting, that's something on right now. Um, there's, there's also, um, we're, we hear a lot about team functionality about trying to bring on multiple users and have them pros, prospect or, or use, um, be able to have insight into whose notes that are happening or different leads from different accounts. Um, that's another thing that's on, that's on our mind. Um, we also have, have ideas around, um, how do I not just prospect or reach out to new leads, but how do I, how can I use Vortex to help stay in touch with the people that I already know, or that I already have relationships with? Uh, that's something that's really important. And then another one is how do I get outside leads and, and uh, leads that I'm either warming up um, or that I get from other places and how can I automatically bring those into Vortex? And part of that overall is, as you think of where is, what are we doing with Vortex is a lot of times Vortex is looked at as, as a place where you can make your initial call. Um, but we see Vortex is so much better than that, as so much bigger than that. This is a place for you to, to build relationships with your customers within the platform. And we know that there are some features that are lacking there that we're, we're trying to improve. Um, different contact methods. So there's the phone, which is probably the best way to get make an initial contact with someone. But um, we had one agent that said, you know, about 80% of his contacts when he actually has a conversation, they're just not ready to sell yet. And so he has to maintain that with them. So we're coming up with ways of how you can maintain that conversation outside of that initial call, stay in touch with them until they're ready. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so those are the, some of the things that we've worked that, that we're working on. And um, we hope to, I mean, I want to have them out as soon as we possibly can, but uh, there, there are just some constraints there. Now, looking back, Tyler, one of the things that, uh, that is really interesting is, is I look back at this year and, um, and uh, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit more on, on the inside of what we do in building products. So um, uh, March 12th happened and most people remember this day. Um, there, there are days in my lifetime that I'll, I'll always remember, you know, I'll remember where I was on September 11th. Um, March 12th is one of those days. And, you know, there's a few things that happened before that, but March 12th seemed like it was a day when that's when, when, when COVID, the COVID pandemic became really real for people. And we got together at Red X and our leadership and we said, our customers are going to need help. What are, what are we going to do? And there have been a lot of people on the leadership team that have been through 2000 and, uh, 2009 to the 2008, 2009. Um, and, and just to see the, the, the empathy, the, the, the care, the level of care for our customers. And we said, what are we going to do? And we said, well, you know, we need to offer more ways to get in touch with people. And we had new product ideas that came out of that, that discussion. Um, but we also were like, we have to be, we have to be able to deliver. And so you look from that time that it happened, we've released us, uh, we've released, um, uh, a simpler version of the dialer. 
we have released a way for um, customers to to work their the leads that they've purchased while um, after they cancel and not bringing in new leads, but just continue working their current leads. There's a subscription for that. Uh, we've released market insights, financial, um, lifestyle, home and building. We've released all of those products um, and we're testing several others. Those uh, items, those, those uh, products that I mentioned we're testing. Um, and all of that since has happened since March, which is pretty incredible. And so if anyone's feeling this um, connection right now is so important and, and it's important through our, and we want our platform to facilitate that connection. And so as you are trying to reach out to people, not people that you want for new business, but also people that you, um, that you already care about, we want ways for you to connect with them. And we want our platform to facilitate that. Hopefully it's to grow your business. If not, at least to be a good human. Thank you. I, I totally agree. I think as as uh, as we look back on 2020, I think that there's a lot of changes that we're all making personally and in our families. Um, as we look forward to 2021, I think that people's resolutions this year are going to be very different than they have been in the past. Right? Is uh, there's going to be there's going to be very different changes that people make in their lives. Um, uh, 2021 will be an exciting year for Red X and for its customers because, like you said, there's a number of products that you've mentioned that we're working on. Uh, there's uh, there's others that that aren't aren't mentionable yet, but uh, are just as, if not even more, exciting than some of the ones that you mentioned. Uh, and uh, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting as we attempt to uh, as we attempt to facilitate some of that. Um, so thank you, Neil. I appreciate we we've bumped right up to our time here. Uh, we, we talked about some cool stuff and, and, uh, and I'm grateful to have you here with us. It was, uh, it was fun to have you on and, and learn a bit, a little bit more about how Redx builds products to learn a little bit about the insights that we have. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'd love to have you back. Uh, for those of you who are maybe new to the Redx podcast, the Redx podcast is actually one of those things that came out of the March 12th discussions is, uh, is we started doing shortly after March 12th, we started doing this podcast Initially, we were doing it every single day. We had a guest on where we were talking about what people were doing during the pandemic. How were they finding opportunities and creating stability in their business? Uh, and uh, and then we went to three times a week, and now we've we decided to maintain it at uh, at one a week. We typically do this every single Thursday. If you're not getting the updates to the RedX podcast, go to our website, theredx.com, uh, and uh, and click on the podcast uh, link in the header and you'll be given an option to subscribe to the updates. So we send you uh, not only emails on upcoming podcasts, but we also send you highlight reels and, um, and, and all kinds of neat stuff, all kinds of additional content that comes from out of these podcasts as we interview great people. Uh, and, uh, and today was a little bit different as we interviewed somebody internally here at Red X. Typically, we're interviewing real estate professionals who are uh, who are doing something well that we'd like to pass on to our customers. So uh, again, if you're not getting updates and getting the emails there, please do that. Uh, we do this every single Thursday, 1.30 Mountain Time. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Neil, hang tight, and uh, we'll wrap things up on the back end. But everybody have a fantastic remainder of your week, and uh, we look forward to next week. Thank you. Bye.